Hey guys, welcome back to the Starting Milana podcast. This is season four, episode 14, um, and I have a guest today. I'm going to introduce her in a second, but if you're new here, we have a new episode every single hashtag Milana Monday. There's three segments on this podcast. The first one is BTS, where we recap my past week. The second segment is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and try to offer a new or different perspective. And the last segment is Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems. Now... My guest is one of my best friends. We've been friends for, oh my God, like almost 20 years. Oh my almost. God. Almost 20 years. Almost. You feel all of it? I don't. I feel You don't? Cool. I don't. Really? I okay, don't. me too. Because sometimes I feel like I'm 16 and sometimes I feel like I'm 45. Depends on the day. <laughs> I know I'm almost 30, but I still feel... 27. Okay, don't rub it in that you're almost 30. All my friends that aren't 30 yet, they're like, what am I going to do for my 30th birthday? I feel 27. I've like been there, done that, okay? I turned 30 last year. <laughs> that was a sad birthday. Thank you for coming. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, by the way, Treasure Jennings is the name. Is me. Hi. Welcome. So Treasure and I met in middle school. We also went to high school together. We were in student government together. We went to different colleges, but we lived together when we were we in college. Did. That was fun. That was fun for yeah. you. <laughs> what did I do? You threw so many parties oh, in that apartment. I was like, this is Milana's freshman year. <laughs> I'm just writing it off as that. because <laughs> We threw so many parties in that no, apartment. You participated. I have plenty of photographs and videos of you. I went a few times. You went. You lived. You lived <laughs> I didn't there. I have what a you choice. You, you didn't have a choice. We had fun, though. We did. It's like we got it out of our system. I had already got it out oh, of okay. system. That <laughs> was did. the thing. I actually didn't really ever care for parties. That's why I like to do it. Like, I didn't like, care to go to other people's parties. I like to just be in my own environment. I think See. that's why we kept doing that. And that was the opposite. Like, I like to, to go to the party. Yeah, yeah. And I would just, like, the party was at home. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> damn. This is Milana's freshman year. <laughs> I'm just going to let her enjoy it. How many times did people vomit in our apartment? So many. There's vomit everywhere. Like, it was yeah. disgusting. Inside, outside. In the kitchen sink. I was, The uh, toilets. Outside uh. in front of our neighbor's house. How we didn't get kicked out of there is beyond me. They were mad at us. We were playing music so loud. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. I just love that you keep saying we. We. That's I mean, so funny. Listen, it was, a, it was all, all, all we, of us. We agreed to it. Okay. 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 Thank you for bearing with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've been friends for a long time. We have so many. First of all, what do you think, what is your favorite memory of us? Okay. This is like. I was thinking about this, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be so corny. But Uh um, I know, like, there's other fun times. I was probably, like, really drunk. Uh You know what I mean? So, honestly, truthfully, I had so much fun um, in ASB. Like, that was, like, my... And it wasn't, like, one specific memory, but it was, like, a time. Oh, the whole time. Just be, like... Planning things and yeah. like really just like building community like yeah. that was so much fun. I love that. We did I, so much together. We did we planned prom. Homecoming, we were together all the time. All the time. Graduation. We woke up at five o'clock in the morning for teacher appreciation day. Made them fucking bagels and some the of them pep didn't rallies, deserve it. The pep rallies. Assemblies. Oh damn, we had a good time. That was a great time. Yeah. I Treasure, love that. Treasure won best looking in high school. I did. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Milano won most popular okay. in high school. <laughs> I yeah. just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, okay. My favorite memory is Paris. Uh, yeah, that was n- number two, but yeah. also like... I was going through a terrible breakup at that time, so I remember like bawling my eyes out, but also having Damn, so much fun. Damn, I completely wiped that out of my memory. I don't remember you bawling your oh eyes Oh my out. God. Were you really? Yes. 
this. I was crying and dying. In the room. Okay. And I, you were really there for me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In the, I remember, like, when we go come home at night. Because when we were out, we were out. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we were out. We were but, out. yeah, we had so much fun. And, yeah. like... It was just nice to be abroad with you. Yeah. For sure. We, know we, we need to do that together. again. We do. We need to go. Lena and I keep talking about like We need to go somewhere. Like, this is crazy. Like, I feel like we've been locked up here for a long time. We have. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I know. Um, tell us a few things that maybe people won't know about you. Okay. So, a few things people don't know about me. I can sew. You can. You may be in bathing suit. I can sew. I love that one. I can cook really good. Okay, just hit me cook. Really good. Yes, yes. And I am reading tarot. Okay, yes. Yes, I am still learning, but most people don't know that mm-hmm. I do that. I can't wait until you're like ready, ready to like give me my full reading. Because yes. you gave me a little glimpse in Palm Springs. Yes, yes, a little three card spread. Yeah. I'm still, there's just... I think I was crying. I was crying. Okay. <laughs> we were crying. Yes, okay. <laughs> to make sure I wasn't yeah. just drunk and terrible. We were both crying. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exciting. Okay. Yeah. I want to keep working on that. I love it. Yeah. Um. Then, of course, let's talk about your business, which I love. It is a cosmetics line, mm-hmm. right? And it's vegan, mm-hmm. cruelty-free, mm-hmm. all the goods. Talk about it. So, yeah, Trey Milo is a... Cosmetic brand that specializes in luxury lipwear. We do have other products like eyeshadow palettes and lip masks and brow pencils, but I'm really focusing in on lips. Mm-hmm. Um, it is vegan and gluten free, like you said. We want to be, we want it to be clean, and it's made here in California, which I'm super proud of. Um, because you can just have that integrity behind the ingredients yeah. you know versus buying something from china everybody yeah. buys everything from china yeah. you know and it's just like I don't, i'm sorry i don't trust no 100 no I, yeah i feel you um but yeah i love it and i just love that they're clean ingredients but they're also like the performance level is up there you know that's what i was gonna say i love that you say that on your website i wrote it here it's we embrace conscious beauty without producing underperforming products because a lot of people's concern with like vegan and gluten-free and all of these like cosmetic lines maybe it's not gonna work it's not gonna stay on as long as and I, that's not the case at all with your stuff i love it yeah it's just it's hard because when you have these alternatives sometimes mm-hmm. they don't work the way that you expect them to yeah and i love my stuff not yeah. just because it's mine no i do too yeah yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> okay all right so where can they buy it they can buy it at treymilo.com and where can they follow you at trey.milo and trey that's t-r-e mm-hmm. dot milo that's right there you go um Wait, you want to talk about the name real quick before we Oh, yeah. On? So, <laughs> Trey Milo is an abbreviation of my first and middle name. So, my first name is Treasure. My middle name is My Love. So, boom. You got Trey Milo. Ha <laughs> So cute. Okay. All right, guys. So, let's get into the first segment, which is BTS. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't really have much to share this week. Like, surprisingly, it was kind of like a slow week for me. The one thing I will say is um, I received flowers on International Women's Day, and it was like such That's a so nice sweet. gesture. They were beautiful. But, but, but what I learned is when my mom saw the flowers, it just reminded me of like how moms just be knowing. Like, that, like, mom intuition and how they just know is so real. She's, like, looking at the flowers. She's, like, this is this kind of guy because the flowers are from this kind of place and they look like this. I know. Like, she's, like, putting two and two together. And it just reminded me of, like, how many times my mom has been right in my life. Mm. Like, she'll be, like, she'll tell me, like, not to be friends with someone. She's, like, that, that girl, like, 
I want to be friends with her, like, this, this, and this. And then, like, a year later, like, we're not friends anymore. Wow. Yeah, not because my mom told me not to be friends with her, but because she knew. Like, she can tell. Yeah. Same thing with, like, a guy I brought home one time. She was just like, no, like, and this is why. And they, it's very rare that she says that, but every time she says that, she's right. Wow, I love I that. Like, so I what kind of flowers were they? Oh, my God, they were, like, pink and purple roses, and there were so many of them. They're so That's cute. That's so they like, sweet, butterflies. though. You didn't look at my For story. For Women's Day? You don't be watching my story? There's a lot of stories to be watched. <laughs> But <laughs> I'll show you a picture. They're really okay. cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that happened. And then I took a nap, which was really weird for me. Because let me tell you, I never take naps. Naps okay. are not even, like, in like in my life. I, I never take naps. Because if I take a nap, I can't sleep. And I realized, I'm like, oh, shit. It's the weather, the allergies, or I'm just defeated. Like, I took a nap in the middle of the day, which is so unlike me. I don't understand. Like, I can't do the nap thing. I'm like, am I a child? Like, what is this? You know how, like, you take a nap when you I like, take naps, but... You take naps. But how, how do you sleep at night? Like, I cannot sleep at night. They're not long naps. Like, I can't nap over 20 minutes. Or really? Else, yeah, or else I want to keep napping. Yeah. And then I won't go to bed at my bedtime. But, like, damn, it's hard. Because if I take a nap, I'm just going to sleep. I just take that little 15 nap, set my timer, and it's like a power up. Yeah. You. Okay. Um, and then what else? And then I'm just gonna do a Lent update. So like I was making um food for Lena and I and I looked in the fridge and there was rice bread and she's like, You can eat this. Like it's not real like it's not real bread, you can eat it. It's, you can eat it for Lent. And I sat there thinking about it, I'm like, what kind of Lent do I wanna do? <laughs> like because I was like, I can't eat any kind of bread, even if it's gluten-free bread, because then I'm like, now I'm like kind of dabbing into like, oh, I can eat gluten-free pizza. So like mm-hmm. now it's like, now I've already like, I've gone too far. Like now I'm going to eat gluten-free bagels and a gluten-free lavash or whatever. And it's just like, no, now you're not doing Lent. So um, yeah, so I really decided I'm going all out with this Lent, which I have been, but Lena was sneakingly pushed me <laughs> into eating rice bread when I wasn't supposed to. And I have these like panic attacks sometimes thinking I'm going to like accidentally eat bread. Like I have nightmares about it during Lent every year. You're so good. I know. I try. You need some like cauliflower thins or... I love those. And you introduced me to tortillas. those. You introduced me to those. So anyway, that's all I have for this week's update. Um, do you have <laughs> anything for BTS? Tell me about your week. Um, honestly, I don't really do a whole bunch during the week. I have class. So mm-hmm. right what now... Class? I'm in esthetician school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, when that. I'm in school, I'm not really reading because I have textbooks that I have to read. Um, like reading books you mean like yeah. like for fun like for pleasure yeah. yeah 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 so i'm reading my textbooks right now um i did watch a few youtube videos of what? um this was just like <laughs> <laughs> new moon rituals okay there's a new moon tomorrow okay what you want to talk about it um i can talk a bit about it i'm not super like i've never done a ritual yet okay for the new moon i've okay. done rituals before and so I was just, like, looking at things to do, mm-hmm. um, which are, they're basically things that I do already, like, basically, like, saging and manifesting, clearing your energy, bringing new energy in, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was brief, but <laughs> it's tomorrow, so okay. I'm just like, oh, maybe I'll take, like, a salt bath and cleanse myself, sage my room, cleanse my room, light a candle, you know, meditate, um, Probably play some nice sensual meditation music uh-huh. like and welcome, set some yeah. set some intentions and maybe do some scripting, which is like basically writing down your manif- manifestations like in a journal mm-hmm. as they're happening. Like you just feel it. So mm. I haven't participated in this, so this is something that I want to do tomorrow. Okay, interesting. Maybe I should not have done that. Okay. Yeah, I probably. Um, 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to manifest something, something, a little something. <laughs> yeah, then yeah. I... <laughs> I already knew where you were going with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't Do you, boo-boo? See, if you feel it, write it. If you feel it, script it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, um, my God. And then, I don't know. Like, I was watching a bunch of twerking videos because I've just been <laughs> practicing. Because when the world opens up, like, I want to go to the club That's every weekend. Hilarious. So... I just watching all these twerking videos and then you know once you're on YouTube and you're just like video after video yeah, like you just, just go end down. up yeah you just end up in like a weird place uh-huh and then like I I knew twerking like was derived from Africa but I didn't know like it was a fertility dance What? Yeah, so I'm like, see? This is it. I'm supposed to be this is how I track my mate, okay? okay. This you're is, gonna twerk it out. This is how I do what I do. Okay, boo boo. I feel you. So we've been practicing. Okay, good to know. Th- that's what you did. I think those were like the most interesting things. Work and twerk. This week, yeah. Work and twerk. Okay, sounds like a good week. All right, so we're gonna move on to talk worthy. The first thing I want to talk about is this Grammys and Zayn Malik thing. Um, he said, unless you shake hands and send gifts, there's no nomination considerations. Next year, I'll send you a basket of confectionery. And then he said, my tweet was not personal or about eligibility, but was about the need for inclusion and the lack of transparency of the nomination process and the space that creates and allows favoritism, racism, and networking politics to influence the voting process. So people have been speaking out about the Grammys for a long time, like how it's like rigged or how it's like all about politics or like whatever the case is. Um, But it's just... I'm not, I don't really listen to his music, so I'm not quite sure if his stuff is like <laughs> Grammy, you know, nomination worthy. And I'm, I'm that's not talking shit. I really just don't, I just don't know. Genuinely, I just have no idea. Um, but what I do know is like, yeah, these shows are all about like politics because take the weekend. After Hours was an incredible album that was released last year, and he did not get one nomination. He's performing at the Super Bowl. He's recognized everywhere else, and they are not even—they're not even giving him any nominations, and we have no idea why. Halsey, same thing happened with her. She's everywhere. Her music is great. No nominations. It's kind of like, <clears throat> like Drake said. Remember, after years, they finally gave him a Grammy, and he went up there and he's like, "This doesn't mean anything." And I was like, "Perfect." Like that's wow. exactly the speech that I would have wanted to hear. Like. Thanks, but like really guys, just like keep doing what you're doing because this doesn't really mean anything. And it's true. He mm. was, Drake was Drake and he, he is Drake. He's huge. He's charts. And all of a sudden, like after all of these years, you finally recognize him. It's like the Oscars and Leonardo DiCaprio. They never gave that man an Oscar. Finally, everybody was like, you better give this man an Oscar, at least for this film. He deserved it so many times. You know, it's like all politics, but people are catching on and they're like sick of this shit. And like the weekend said, he's no longer going to. Uh, he's boycotting them forever. He said he's no longer going to allow his uh, team to even put his music up for consideration, like, for the rest of his career. He's done. Yeah, so I don't really know how these um, institutions work, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like people should vote. It sounds like listeners should be the ones to nominate these people. So... um, yeah, or at least have like... some sort of balance between like the powers that be, which like really, who are you? Like we can all we can all imagine who these people are, right? It's like that, and have a little bit of a balance between that and like the fans. It or, should be like, based on the charts. Exactly, that's a whole like thing. Exactly, there's always some random person winning who was like is kind of unknown, and they win like five awards in one year, and you're like, huh? So now you go and listen to their music. You're like, I mean, that was cool, but like. <laughs> I would not have known otherwise. Like, I really wasn't interested in this. Like, this artist deserved it, you know? And that always happens with them. Yeah, so. 
I don't well, know. it's interesting that people still place so much value on these exactly, awards yeah. when they're not really reflecting yeah. what the people are listening to. Exactly. And that's basically what I think Drake was trying to say. And Drake mm. is never wrong. And that's what Zayn... Zayn Malik is like, yeah, basically saying the same thing. He's just like, he called them out in a way that no one's called them out. Everyone's like more politically correct, like Grammys are trash or they'll do something subtle. He's like, fuck you guys. You guys are whack. And unless... We network with you or kiss your ass like you don't get nominated. Wow. Yeah, so. Anyway, so we'll see what happens this year's award show. The next story I want to talk about is this girl who um, was banned from Uber and Lyft. Did you see this story? Um, I saw a short clip, I think, okay. on Instagram. I'm going to break this down for you because it's crazy. So I'm going to read this from the Washington Post, okay? His name, I believe, and I might be butchering it, is Super... Hakar Kotka, 32, picked up the three passengers seen in the viral video around 12.45 p.m. on Sunday in San Francisco. After the woman entered his car, he noticed one wasn't wearing a mask. He asked her to put one on, but she said she didn't have one. He then drove to a gas station so her friend, who was wearing a mask, could buy one. By the time the friend returned, the two other passengers were already taunting him and berating him for picking them up in the first place, according to videos captured by one of the passengers and posted on her Instagram. Fed up with how they were talking or treating him, he told the woman that he was ending the car ride um, and asked them to get out of his car. So he asked them calmly to exit the car. One of the women then grabbed his phone and, like, threw it at him when he tried to get it back, ripped his mask off his face, coughed at him. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, And then when they finally got out, one of them sprayed inside of the car what appears to be, like, some sort of pepper spray, and it was, like, suffocating him, and he had to get out. Um, And there were people in the comments that even tried to, like justify what she did like somebody said imagine it was your your daughter that an uber driver left in the middle of the road no like no baby like she's fucking she's disrespectful she's putting him at risk like first of all with her mask being off then like coughing in his face like that's next level and then like don't touch his property like that's his phone and on top of everything it's this was i actually like i cried when i saw this because when we um when we moved to America, my dad had to find work. And so, like, one of the few jobs that he can dr- do was driving, you know, while my mom was, like, in school. And there's a little bit of a language barrier. And that's already, you know, hard. But he went through a lot. Like, he got jumped by, like, customers one time. He People used to run off and not pay him. Like, it's really, it sucks. And it's it sucks especially, like, when it's immigrants, too, because of the language barrier. And because this guy, for example, in his interview was like, I'm just trying to send money home to Nepal. Like, he's, like, an immigrant. He's working. And it, just people in the service industry really just get treated so poorly sometimes. And it's really unfortunate because, like, you just have to... People are doing their best. And I feel like if it was a different kind of driver, it would have been a different kind of story. But at the same time, like this is just how these girls are. You know what I mean? So that they, maybe they just have a problem with any kind of authority. Who knows? But it's really unfortunate to like watch this kind of behavior and for people to try to justify it. Yeah, that's absolutely disgusting yeah. and ignorant. Like It's really frustrating to be living in this time and people don't want to follow rules. And yeah. it's just like, it's not about you. It's about the health of everyone. Yeah. And it's a privilege to use these services. It so. is. I'm glad that they're banned. Yeah. That's absolutely disgusting. You don't know if this man has children, if he has, you know, um, preconditions. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, like, it's just disgusting. Yeah, especially when he's putting his life at risk every day to work. To work, driving yeah. strangers. Strangers, which is scary in itself. He, he clearly needs to work. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, ugh, I hate to hear these things. 
Um, okay, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, Monique Munoz. Am I pronouncing that right? Munoz? I think so. Um, 32 was killed almost instantly when a Lamborghini driving at a high rate of speed slammed into her vehicle in the intersection of Living Boulevard and Overland Avenue shortly after 5 p.m. on February 17th, according to LAPD Captain Brian Wendling. The force of the crash was so strong that Venus's vehicle nearly split in half. Um, the 17-year-old driver of the Lamborghini, whose identity police withheld due to his age, was also hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries. The teen was arrested on the suspicion of vehicular manslaughter on February 23rd, which is six days later. According to a statement issued by the LAPD, a case was presented to Los Angeles County prosecutors last week and remains under review. Um, okay, so there's a little bit of uh, confusion with the story. I think people on social media are kind of posting stuff that saying that he wasn't arrested and, and nothing is happening. So it appears that he was arrested and he was booked, but he hasn't been charged. Um, and that's where people are a little... I think that's what's confusing to me and why you should be upset is it's been... It, he got arrested on the 17th and now it's, you know, the middle of March. And this man who killed this woman, he's not a man. Honestly, he's underage. I mean, 17 is kind of like on he's the cusp. But you... Uh, crash into this woman, you kill her, and no one's pressed charges. And I think the argument or the concern is that, you know, it's because he's wealthy, because his dad has all this money. There's speculation that his father is putting a lot of money behind, like, removing his name completely or the story completely off the internet, mm. um, making sure that it's not on Google when you, like, Google it. And um, maybe there's some sort of influence with the DA's office, allegedly. I don't know. But I think this is just what people are assuming is going on because they can't and I also can't imagine why it's taking so long I know that he's arrested and booked but to charge him you know right. like there's clearly been an accident he clearly was going faster than he should have he didn't have alcohol or drugs in his system but, but he still, was yeah but still. someone's not here anymore exactly someone's not here anymore um and that just is like you know that's part of our society where you're kind of like oh like it sucks for both parties. He's a young kid. It's going to be fucked up for to him for, for him for a while. It was obviously, like, he didn't intend to do that, and we know. Right, like, but he's woman, abusing privileges. Yes, he is. He is. The whole family is. And the, But this woman is gone now. So it's, it's like... It's negligent. Yeah, it's negligent. And unfortunately, like... I and a like, child shouldn't be driving a car that fast. No. Like, why are you driving a sports car that can it's go dangerous. that fast? And you just got your license. And, like, I have, like, a different view of like behind the wheel after my accident yeah so like i'm still working through that mm -hmm. so to see people just driving recklessly it really bothers me it makes me uncomfortable yeah. and it makes me mad because people get behind these machines and they think that they're invincible yeah and people die every day as every a result day. yeah it has to be taken more seriously it does it has to be taken more seriously and consequences need to be had and because th this is an example of like oh if he gets away with something like this or if his family gets away with something like this then every other spoiled rich privileged kid who thinks their family can get them out of these kinds of situations are going to continue to live their life like this recklessly so it's unfortunate Okay, guys, the last thing we're going to talk about in Talkworthy is the Oprah interview with Meghan and Harry. So um, this was interesting. Let me talk. I, mean, I broke it down into like a few things because I it was just a lot and, and um, I'm glad they did it. So first of all, I thought it was a great interview. Oprah is incredible. Like she's unbeatable. Like as an, she can interview anybody and like I can't even explain it. Like, she, she asks. She asks. The best questions. The best questions. She knows when to chime in, when not to. She knows where she should push, where she shouldn't. Like, she's so good. So I'm happy it was Oprah and, and nobody else. Um, <laughs> I think that 
they, Megan and Harry were, were pretty open. I think there were some things that they held back on, but for the most part, they were pretty open, and I think that's important if you're going to do an interview like this. I left with a few questions, but... Um, I left also knowing more than I came in with. So mm. that's good. I learned a lot in this interview and I definitely changed my mind about the situation um, even more. And I'll, and I'll get into that. So I'm going to base this like segment off of, uh, to, off of a tweet that I saw because I think... So Bethany Frankel, do you know who that is? She's a housewife of New York. She's, no, she's, I don't know. Okay, well, it's okay. You don't have to know. It's, you don't, it's like a reality TV thing. Like, I know. Like, no one else in this room knows. <laughs> so Bethany Frankel is a housewife of New York. Actually, she was a great housewife on that show. I actually really like her. But when I saw this tweet, I was really disappointed. Um, I So I'm basing it off of her tweet because I think a lot of Brits and some Americans felt the same way, what she said in her tweet. Please, like, be mindful. She tweeted this before the interview even came out. So she was kind of, like, talking okay. out of her ass a little bit, which was surprising and unfortunate um she said cry me a river the plight of being a game show host a fairly unknown actress to suffering a palace with tiaras and seven figure weddings for two whole years to being a household name with oprah on speed dial fetching seven million dollars for interviews hundreds of millions in media deals so first of all she was not paid for the interview. Neither of them were. And they they said that right in the beginning because I think that was a lot of people's, like, speculations. Like, they're going to sit down with Oprah. They're going to get paid, like, X amount of money. They made it clear from the beginning that they were not paid for this interview. So that part of the tweet was wrong. Then this notion that they asked for, like, they asked for this or she... Um, or she asked for this, and as soon as, like, she couldn't handle it, they abandoned the royal family. And I think a lot of people feel this way, that, like she kind of asked for it. Like, when you marry into this, you knew what you were getting. Like, I think that was, like, the expectation. And a part of a part of me did think that. Like, you kind of knew what you were walking your, walking into. But after watching this interview, I, I actually don't believe that at all. Um, first of all, Harry, he didn't ask for it. He was born into it. This wasn't, like, a choice that he made. This was his life. He was born into it. And I don't necessarily think that Megan asked for it either. I think that when you fall in love with someone, um, you don't really ask for it either. And it really just depends on what you believe in. If you believe in, like, this is a god-ordained relationship and this is the person you're supposed to be with you're not really asking for whatever else is coming with that you're you're just in love and in a marriage with the person that you believe you're meant to be with I'm not saying that's what they believe in that's what I believe in so if I'm living that way and moving that way in my life then to me I don't consider this asking for it I think they're just this is what was supposed to happen um and then the other thing is yes like when you are royal you're on like an elevated level of celebrity right it's not the same thing but is it fair to say that they asked for it or this is uh you should have known that this was going to happen when they actually said that they didn't know and megan made it very clear because in the beginning the understanding was that they were always going to be protected by the royal family and what that means i didn't really understand until halfway through the interview but i realized that the way that the royal family and the media treats you know kate middleton as I think was the expectation for Megan. And because that they said, like, you will be protected, whatever. But as soon as they got married and as soon as, you know, she got pregnant, that wasn't the case anymore. The media completely just, I don't know, they tore her down at every move. They scrutinized everything she did. They would say, like, oh, Kate, you know, did this and she ate an avocado. But then they would scrutinize Megan for the same exact thing in a different way. And we learned that the royal family has a relationship with the media and they could have controlled a little bit of that i'm saying the royal family they're saying the firm or the institution i don't know what that means i think it's almost all the same um maybe it's just a word that they're using to protect the royal family the entire institution failed the situation and 
if you're Megan and you're Harry and you're going into this thinking like, no, like we're going to be protected. We're going to be like my brother is and his wife. Like this is the kind of like, you know, this is how they're portrayed and they're protected and they're taken care of. If that's what you're going into, then no, you're not really asking for it or you didn't really know what you were getting yourself into because your understanding was it was going to be something different because that's what it, you were told. She wasn't expecting this. You get what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I didn't watch the interview. It's okay. I don't know a whole lot about, I think, you know, this is the royal and all of that. I think it's fun for fairy tales and okay. all of that. So I think that's a lot of people's belief. I can't believe the monarchy like, still exists. Right. It's just like, wow, really? Okay. This is strange. Yeah. But people really love them. They do. They love them. But I also just feel like just being a normal woman and dating a regular old dude, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on his Instagram. I, I know who his ex-girlfriend. I know what college she graduated yeah. from. So it's like, if I Edward. feel like not knowing is like a terrible excuse. Like, I think yeah. you're dealing with a man of this stature. You need to do some research. Yeah. You're coming in there as a black woman, as a black woman and coming into a white institution you should already know what's up yeah like come on now a little bit of both i think that she i think it was expected to know that you're marrying into this royal family you're going to be a princess like yeah you you know that part of it but you don't know that you aren't going to be like you're really just going to be thrown to the wolves like they did not ever comment on anything the media would say so for example the tablets, they just let they let it happen yeah and and which is not does not happen for anyone else in that family so right. that's the part where i'm saying like and they no, have the power they to have do the this, power to do and this. they did it for example one of the things was this tabloid came out that you know megan made kate middleton cry during a dress fitting and for like months everyone thought this was true for years we just found out that it was actually the other way around that Kate made Megan cry wow. and nobody stepped in and was like, no, like the narrative is not true. Like what? nobody stepped in to say that. So now they're painting this picture and that's one of the many things. So mm. yes, while of course, you know, you're going to marry into this man, you, you know that you're going to have to, everyone's looking at you, how you're sitting, how you're crossing your legs, that you are a black woman. You're the first mixed race person in this family. Of course, these are things that like we know, but, but to a certain extent, she thought that because they said they would be treated differently. And because of the experience that his mother had herself, Princess Diana, right. like you would think that the times have changed and clearly like, no, like yeah. they really, I don't know. I think they really failed her in, in that um, aspect. Um, and then like the depression thing, like she's like, I'm depressed. Like I, I'm not happy. Like I'm pregnant. She's a pregnant. She's depressed. She's like, I feel like I'm going to take my own life. She goes to them. She's like, hey, I need to, like, talk to somebody. They're like, we don't do that. We don't, like, we're royal. Like, everyone just kind of deals with it. And I'm like, what? Like, th- you know what I mean? There was just so many parts of, like, they just didn't care if anything really happened to her or not. It was just, that was the part where we were saying that they didn't feel protected. So I yeah. understand why they decided to leave It sounds like that. It sounds like they were more concerned about their reputation, but... I don't know. I just feel like as a black woman, I never go into a white space believing that I'm safe and I'm protected. As unfortunate mm. as that sounds. Yeah. Like, that's a fact. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't believe this. Like That sucks. You you can go and hope for the best, but yeah. like, do you really trust that? Like, mm-hmm. not me. Not me. Um, but that is unfortunate. 
it's sad and it sounds like they were more concerned about protecting their image mm-hmm. over someone's health yeah who's now their family yeah um and then the other thing i want to talk about is uh, the you can't complain while being rich and famous so um just i want to cry in the lamborghini <laughs> Listen, all of us, but I'm gonna cry in the past. Uh, <laughs> right. But Okay, no, no, okay. I hate this narrative because I feel like just because you have like fame and you have wealth, it doesn't mean you're not suffering. You know, people just suffer differently. Like you still struggle and um she said this. She said someone's perception of being in her position versus the reality of it are completely different things. Um and she said, for example, I'm nowhere but I'm everywhere according to the media she left the house twice in four months but the perception was that she was everywhere but the reality is she was suffering those four months like she felt trapped i think um i think that when we talk about wealth and fame like we should try to like ignore the trappings of it um of like one success and what they have access to and what they can buy and like ask ourselves and other people like what's the trade-off and there's always a trade-off for it um and again like it just the narrative that you can't suffer while being famous or rich is just not true. You just suffer or struggle differently. Um, and that's what people need to understand. I'm not saying you need to feel sorry for anybody, but be more like empathetic that they have their own struggles as well. Um, this is why I'm glad they did the interview because I think that the people's like general opinion of the situation was kind of like, oh, like you didn't like what the tabloids were saying about you, so you just like dipped which wasn't the case. They moved to a country that was going to be nicer to them, but the tablets separated themselves, but it was still a country that was part of the Commonwealth and they could really continue their royal duties, Canada. Um, But the royal family was like, we have to take away your security. And when you take away someone's security and you put out their address on the internet, they cannot, like, that's like the biggest slap in the face. Like they, That's crazy. They had to leave immediately to California because they're like, everyone knows our address. It's on the internet now and I don't have security. I don't have like royal security. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think just in closing, I, I learned a lot from this interview. Um, I see how the, like what the tabloids and the media, like I see their place in it and what they really did, but realizing how close the family is to the media, um, out there it just it's unfortunate and it's sad to me that they didn't try to step in I think they missed an opportunity here for change I think that she is an actress she was you know American she's mixed race she's divorced like there was so much opportunity to kind of be different and and um show that the royal family is kind of growing a little bit and like more accepting and they really just snoozed the whole fucking thing and it's unfortunate they dropped the fumble the bag um <laughs> and it's just you know now you just you just you, they kind of leave you with this bad taste in, the, in their mouth and in your mouth and yeah that's it. it seems like it seems like you know that's not what they wanted they want to yeah, continue clearly. to they want to continue to do things the way that they've been doing them yeah. and if you don't like it you can leave which I do want to say, though, I don't think a poor person's stress is different from a rich person's stress. Mm -hmm. And I feel like someone who has, you know, an abundance has more access to resources for help. That's true. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just how I look at it. Because, you know, poor people go through the same thing, whether, you know, all kind of mental health issues. And they may not have they may not have those you know, have the backing or the finances to, or the resources to get the help that they need. Yeah. So that's just how I look at You're 100% things. right. Yeah. But then you look at this situation but where they have trapped. all the money. She literally was they, trapped. Yeah, they have all the money and they have all the resources, but they can't get it when they which actually seek crazy. it out, which is like, no, like I need to go. I'm going to die here. <laughs> like I really right. need to get out of here, you know? So 
Yeah. Um, anyway, great interview. I'm kind of excited to see more from them. I want to see what they're going to do in California and the U.S. I wanted to see it. And I forgot where you told me to look for it. And I tried to look for it. And yeah. it just was like giving me five minute clips. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to watch it this way. <laughs> okay, I'll send it to you. Um, all right. I think that's it for Talkworthy. And we're going to get into the dropping gems segment. Um, since we're approaching a year of this pandemic um in this week's dropping Japan segment i wanted to talk about our experiences with covid19 and the pandemic in general um <laughs> so a few things i realized uh, this year because it's been basically a year it's been a whole year crazy. get me out of here uh, um one thing is like how badly i needed to slow down like at one point i think i was working from like 9 a.m. to like almost midnight and that's like waking up at like 6 30 to work out and then going to sleep at like 12 like I would come home from my regular job work with Lena until like midnight and I was just like I didn't realize I was just going and not thinking about how I was going you know you're a busybody. Um, you're it, always doing something I know but like it's just crazy how I, I didn't know that I need to slow down until until the world was like no like everyone like stop and mm-hmm. I'm like oh shit like I, I I don't have a choice and I'm like wait like I need to like relax a little bit and like mm-hmm. slow down and like not do so much shit um, i think this whole thing has been a grounding experience for the world yes exactly for the world yes um and then i also realized how much i wasn't connecting with people like friends and family because we, because we're running around everyone's busy doing their own thing you're going to dinner with this person going to this when you're sitting at home you're like i should call my cousin <laughs> what about that friend like i wonder what they're doing and because now you're home and you have like oh, let me get on Zoom, or like, I don't have anything to do, let me call, you know? So it made me realize how disconnected I was from a lot of people in my life. Um, And then, okay, this is like a silly one. I never really like paid attention to people's eyes as much as I do now, because we don't have a choice. So like, you're wearing these masks, and like, of course, like when you talk, you make eye contact, but when you are, when your face is covered with a mask, all you see is someone's eyes. Now I'm just like, looking at people's eyes in like a completely different way and I would have never had this pandemic. Yes, hello, pretty eyes and eyeshadow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this is, that's one of the things I realized. Like, that's cute. Looking at people's eyes really is just like interesting. You're cute. And how easy it is to gain weight. Oh my God. Oh, the quarantine 15 still hasn't left my body, guys. It's like up and down. My weight is fluctuating. But yeah, like I realized that it's very easy to gain weight and it's, uh, you know, um, it's very easy to eat comforting fattening food um and those are a couple of my realizations before we get into the impact of covid what have you realized Mm. Mm. so i realized two things like in the beginning Mm -hmm. i realized like i was home i was on paid leave Mm -hmm. so i um I wasn't used, like, I probably did nothing for a week, and I wasn't used to that. It, I was yeah. a sloth. Mm-hmm. I ate junk. I watched so much TV. Like, I don't watch TV. I don't have a TV. I watch TV on my computer like a crazy person. And I had to create a schedule for myself because I just didn't feel productive. I mm-hmm. felt disgusting. Like, and it was it was going to get bad mm-hmm. had I kept had I kept that up. So I had to create this like regimen for myself. Like I'm going to do this. I'm going to work out. And I really enjoyed that freedom because I had the time to really focus in on my desires. Mm -hmm. So it was a beautiful thing. I was like loving it. I'm like, I love this. Like I started school. I found a program. Mm -hmm. I was working out. I changed my diet. 
I started growing my own produce. Like I was Oh, you did it the it. other way. I was loving it. <laughs> and did but it we'll, backwards, we'll, making lasagnas and fucking pancakes. Right, but by the end of the year, like it, it just went left. That's it so just went funny. left. Um but I learned that, like I I enjoy my freedom. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Okay. Yeah, I think it definitely, okay, so the positive ways that, well, I'm not going to say positive. <laughs> Some of the other ways that it was impacted, like, yes, of course, like, I, I prayed a lot more than I have ever prayed. I started to meditate, and then it kind of, like, went up and down. But um, that, and I read a lot. I read so much to, like, escape my own, like, mind and situation. I was reading a lot. Um, it impacted my relationship, you know, it really took a toll. I, I wouldn't say COVID necessarily took a toll on the relationship, like, being at home all the time, but... It kind of did because you like you're at home with the same person, and most people were fighting and breaking up. We just weren't really talking that much mm. and breaking up. So I think everyone's experience was different. So that's how you know it impacted me. It's like a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Um, it definitely impacted my relationship as well, because for one, okay, people who don't know this, I work as a nanny, mm-hmm. and so I'm basically quarantined with a family that isn't mine, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And now having like it's difficult having a separation between work and personal Mm -hmm. so i put a lot of strain on my relationship by basically living with my partner every weekend Mm -hmm. and in the beginning i would be like hey do you need you know some time to yourself like and then i just stopped and i was just like i'm here i'm here Mm -hmm. i'm here from like friday evening to monday morning Mm -hmm. you know and I guess my person didn't maybe know how to tell me mm-hmm. like without maybe feeling like they were hurting my feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I think that definitely caused a strain. Thank you for sharing that. So you <laughs> took a trip in December of 2020, not 2019, 2020, just recently, right? And um, I thought your experience was... First of all, I want you to talk about the trip because I loved everything that you were posting. I'm so happy you went. Like, first of all, let's talk about the trip and then let's talk about what happened and how you got um, stuck there. <laughs> okay, first of all, let's shout out Magic and Melanin, which okay. is an amazing pro- program that mm-hmm. curates these trips for African Americans to go back to Africa. So, super amazing. You know, like I had opportunity to go to. South Africa. I didn't want to go to Africa and see white people. Yeah. Like, I wanted to go to Africa and see my people. I wanted to go to West Africa, which is where my ancestors came from. Uh-huh. Um, Do you know where exactly? Um, I have ancestry in Nigeria. Okay. And Ghana. Okay. So, but that's where they collected most of the people from West Africa. That's where the ships yeah. left from. So, you can assume that most African Americans are from our West African. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everybody is. So I was super excited to be able to like go to these three different countries. And, um, you know, I'm like, I made this radical decision to go mm-hmm. because I want to uncover parts of myself. I am, you know, searching, searching. And, um, so I'm like, you know, it was never in my mind that I was ever going to get COVID. <laughs> So five days after arriving in the motherland, I got COVID and, um, I don't get sick. I don't get sick. I am not a sickly person. But you got tested before you got there. Tested before I got there. Literally had, was having the time of my life, Uh um, hiking and 
seeing the land and the people and the food and just like, wow, I'm home. Like it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, um, we had like new year's Eve. I think it was NYE the day after, like maybe two days after NYE, I was sick. Like I had a fever for two days. I had extremely mild symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just knew like I have COVID, like this is not normal for me. I just had a fever. Like my bed sheets are wet. And I told my coordinator, and she's, like, so awesome. I love her. And she's just like, it's just your body adjusting to the motherland. And I'm like, nah, this is not it. <laughs> I don't feel good. And, like, um, I started to get nervous because now we're leaving Ghana to go to Lome. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they're not going to let me in. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not going to let me in. I'm sick. Yeah. So we... Actually, you had to test? Did you have to test every time? I mean, like, you're clearly sick. But, like, were they testing you before you went to the, the next place? They weren't testing us when we went into Lome, but they wanted to see our tests. Right? Your tests from the U.S.? Yeah. Okay. They just wanted to see something, right? So we get in this van and we drive there. Oh, wow. It's a four-hour drive. I was dying, okay? Were you the only one? No. Oh. I wasn't. Um, but we made it. Um, I was the only one who was feeling sick at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, at the border, and Lomé is a French-speaking country. So mm -hmm. They were colonized by the French. So um, in the, I don't know what you call it, border, at the border, mm -hmm they like are taking your temperature and they're like, you have a fever. Are you sick? And I'm like, I'm just really hot. Like it's hot as fuck oh, in Africa. God. Okay. I'm sweating <laughs> bullets yeah. all day long. And I'm just like, it's just hot. Like, I don't know. I, I think she, I don't know what she did. She got me in there though. I was there. <laughs> oh my gosh. But okay. But so they didn't, you didn't actually know you had COVID. You just had a oh, fever. No. So when did you get I tested? did take a test. Okay, when? So we, I took a test in Lome. Oh, okay. So when you got there. Mm-hmm. And once I took the test, the laboratory uh, contacted the hotel. Mm -hmm. So then I wasn't allowed to leave my room. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even allowed to go sit at the pool with a mask on. Yeah. And when I tried to leave, the police was called on me. And being in that room was affecting me, for sure. And... Um, I started to develop some anxiety and I just, I was trying to calm myself and just think positive and whatever. And we, we ended up moving into the residence. Mm -hmm. So there is a magic and melanin residence. Mm -hmm. So because they were having us basically quarantined in this hotel, she's like, no. How many of you in the group? Um, hmm. I think 10 of us came and about like seven of wow. us got COVID. Wow. And there were people already there in the program who have been in Africa for months who uh -huh. did not have COVID. So my guess is that someone came and brought it. Someone came from the US, like in your group? Yes. But wasn't everyone tested? Yes. But some people maybe got, they got on the plane. But it was right at Christmas time. Like we left on like the 27th. Mm -hmm. So people gathered for christmas yeah so you know and i got tested before christmas so because, probably most people did too yeah yeah so that's just my guess um but yeah so um the sick people were moved into the house mm -hmm. and then the people who weren't sick were staying in the hotel so at least we could move about freely and you know because they call the police and the when police came with a 
a machine gun. What? And I don't know what he's saying. I'm like, call her, call her. I don't know. Like, my bag is packed. Can we just leave fast? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And mm, I was trying to like rid all of that and just ground myself, take walks barefoot and just really be present and just. You know, like the ancestors are not ready for me to go home. Yeah. Like, and I wasn't ready. Like, I'm not ready to leave so either. So it extended your stay by how many days? Um, about uh, maybe 16 days. Extended your stay mm-hmm. by 16 days? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even realize it was that long. I was there for about a month. Oh, I was my only gosh. supposed to be there for two weeks. Yeah. And I was there for, I think, a little over a month. So. Wow. Yeah, just trying to channel that anxiety into something else. And just, you know, I told myself, like, I'm going to let go of everything that isn't in reach, Mm -hmm. whether that's my relationship, my job, my plants, my business. It can all wait. Mm -hmm. Like, what's more? Like, I'm here. I'm in Africa. I'm in the motherland of all places. Like, let me enjoy this sun and these mangoes and you know, just breathe. And it is, it was difficult to like slow down and stop because we're not used to that. Mm -hmm. You know, we feel like we need to do all these things. We need to accomplish. We need to, you know, participate. And sometimes you just, you need to listen to your body Mm -hmm. and listen to these messages. And like, I don't know. I felt like I had like a deep end, um, I had a growth of my intuition. And awakening a little bit too. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, I needed that. As difficult as it was, and like right when I felt like, oh, I'm mastering this, I'm, I, I really think the universe is teaching me to surrender. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, and just trust divine timing. Because right when I felt like, oh, I live, I love it here. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I can stay here. It's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> it was time to go and on to the next lesson, on to the next surrender practice, which when I got home, I really started to feel anxious. And I think like I'm leaving this high vibrational space mm-hmm. and coming back home to, to all of these things, bills and people. And I just, I really like my life in Africa a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It was just free and relaxing and beautiful and healthy. And then I, I'm here and, I'm, and I felt like, okay, I, I came back to this like lower vibrational space. And now here I am and I'm flaring up. And um, that impacted my relationship a lot because mm. when I have anxiety, I have a lot of fear, a lot of doubt, a lot of insecurity. Mm-hmm. And um, it just took a toll. It took a toll on me. It took a toll on my person. Mm-hmm. And... It was very hard. It was very difficult. I'm receiving therapy now. Um, I'm still managing that. Like, I told you about my accident. Like, I still have, you know, like, these moments where I'm scared of driving my car. Yeah. It's, um, but I'm happy that, you know, I can do the work. That I drove myself, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of, like, just not growing and stretching past it. Um, But, yeah. It's so important that you um, 
that you have this outlook on it because a lot of people would have been, you know, of, of course you were frantic, I'm sure, in the beginning a little bit. Like you said, you were going like kind of start crazy in this room and trying to get out and the police got called on you. But I think a lot of people's perspective would have been like, you know, there's a few options. Like, yeah, sure, you can say, oh, I'm going to just like enjoy it and whatever, but not take anything like that, not take any like substance from the situation. You're just going to like go walk around and whatever. But you really like dove in and you were like, no, like let me process everything why I'm here take it all in like you know these opportunities they don't always come and um and you really worked on yourself and that's important because people would have either you know started freaking out saying they need to go back to their regular life or just taking kind of like taking it for granted and just being there as if it's just a vacation instead of really processing and um taking it all in for what it really was so that's amazing that you had that outlook on it it took 16 days for it to get out of your system so I wasn't, you know how we have these, like, okay, you just quarantine for, like, 12 to 14 days, and mm-hmm. then you're fine. Um, even after you do that, you could still test positive. positive. Yeah. So, I was okay, literally, by day five. Okay. I was okay. However, I kept testing negative. So Testing negative or testing positive? Positive, oh, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I kept testing positive. Uh-huh. And... Um, Ooh, that was like nerve wracking in itself. So then I started to like, wait, like I'm not going to test. I'm going to wait mm-hmm. because that was just contributing to my anxiety. Like just waiting and checking my email and refreshing it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anything is done without reason, you know? And like, I try to go with the flow, but also like, I always, I'm always planning and I'm mm-hmm. scheduling things and like, God is constantly teaching me, like, that he's in complete control. Yeah, when you you make plans, God laughs. Yeah, yeah you know that. Yeah. seriously. Yes, and I'm just like, haha, God, but this is on the schedule. Yeah. And you know, I have like, this to but do. But no, not today. Right. Yeah. And, um, whoo, it, it has been a whirlwind, yeah. for real. Definitely going back to Ghana. Okay. Good. I felt like home. Like I That's was amazing. taking Ubers like on day two by myself riding around. Like it's amazing. Yeah. Um I had to. I mean, you know, you have to see you have to look within. Yeah. Right. And you really like everything isn't gonna go your way. And I just I don't I don't have like a superficial mindset so everything is deep mm-hmm. everything is deep yeah it's on surface level everything is depth yeah so yeah. i'm like okay i'm gonna go within like i'm not supposed to go home i'm supposed to be here yeah. what am i supposed to be doing am i just supposed to relax am i just supposed to be and like that actually felt liberating mm-hmm. like to just practice it felt like i was in a meditative state wow. like just just being there and doing nothing like it felt good. I even like, I went on a hike and it was so hot, Milana. It was so freaking hot. Really? Like, I'm telling you, it was so freaking hot. Okay. And the incline was crazy, but it was like a walking meditation for me. Mm. I didn't look at the sky. I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't speak a word. I just like kept doing one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And like, before I knew it, I was where I was supposed to be Mm -hmm. and it's just like that's how life is Mm -hmm. like you need to just take one step at a time Mm. and sometimes you really have to slow down it's not meant to be rushed through yeah and um 
it's hard. It's hard for me to let go. It's hard for me to do those things. You know, just always feeling like I want to be applying myself because I want to be good at this life. I want to enjoy. I want to relax. I want to have, you know, luxuries. And I know that that comes with hard work. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you need to listen Mm -hmm. and surrender and let go and trust divine timing. So I think that's something that I'm practicing. Mm. Wow. I love that. You really dropped all the gems. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. That was good. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing. I love you. You're one of my BFFs forever. 20 years. I can't believe it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to subscribe. Leave a rating and a review both on um, podcast audio apps and on YouTube. And follow me at Starry Milana. Follow Treasure at West LA Beyonce. Hey, yeah! Also, follow Trey.Milo, please. Of course. That's really more important. Yes, okay. follow Trey.Milo. And I will put all of the links um, in the episode notes below. But yeah, thank you for being here. Anything I else loved it. Go? I love talking with you. Thanks. It's just like our regular conversation with, like, you know, some, some cameras, some lights, a couple mics, and, and lean in let's the back of the headphones. Yeah, let's do it again. Um, yeah, so thank you for being here. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back next Monday. Woo! Bye.